Live from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a newsflash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Sheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. (laughs) I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome to Tuesday. Hey, Kelly. Hey, happy Groundhog Day. Happy Groundhog Day. It's it's Dad Day. It's Groundhog Day. It's Tuesday. Yay. Yay. My kids are back in school day. Woo. It's awesome. So the, the Groundhog is out your way, isn't he? Yep. Punxsutawney Phil. Punxsutawney. Yeah, Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. That's a bitch to have that as an address. You know it. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine being a kid and having to spell that? Yeah, and you know the teachers torture you, too. I live very close to the Schuylkill River. (laughs) And they just thought that was the funniest thing ever. Like, every spelling bee, when you were in, like, third, fourth, fifth grade, Mm -hmm. they were like, spell Schuylkill. (laughs) Shut up. It's spelled... Shut how, up. How do you spell it? S C H U Y L K I L L. Oh, it wasn't just like S K. Schuylkill. 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 And and all the Pennsylvania Dutch people who aren't skooks, because skooks, for some reason, and I can say that because my, my grandparents are from there. My So anyway, okay. um, skooks sound for some reason like a combination between Canadian and Wisconsiners. Oh, that's interesting because they kind of sound the same anyway. Right. Okay, here's here's something that you might not know about me. Oh. I'm Peel one of those... layers back, Tara. Peel them back like an onion, <laughs> bitches, making you cry. Anyway... <laughs> One of the odd things about me for some reason is I can tell where a person is from most of the time by just by talking to them. And I'm talking like I was talking to a guy and his wife and I was like, are you from like Conshohocken? <laughs> and they're like, no, wait a minute. People say Philly, but Conshohocken, Philly? <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, it's different. And they're like, we're actually from freaking Contrahawken. You got that specific, huh? I got that specific. Yeah, it was kind of funny. So, yeah, I can... It's one of those weird things that people are like, oh, I bet I can guess where you're from. I'm like, bet you can't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can do accents. You only have an accent with certain sounds, I think. Who, me? Yes. Well, that's because I don't have an accent. Duh, Kelly. <laughs> Certain things you do. No, I don't. Name yeah. one. Um, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> like some of your vowels, they drag on a little. My vowels? Yes. Oh, that's what I'm doing. Like that? Yeah, that. Like, the that. 
okay, that's <laughs> that's when I have a cold, first of all. Okay. Or if I spend too much time in the South, forget about it. <laughs> if I spend too that's much New time, York, isn't it? To, yeah, it is. If I spend too much time in the South, I start talking with like a Southernish accent. And I can't help it. And it was really, really hard because my son, I think it's kind of like a theater thing. It's an artsy fartsy thing. Mm -hmm. I think artsy fartsy empathetic people, like if you're an empath empath, and you're also artsy fartsy. And I think that you will naturally pick up on accents, right? So my son has my old teen, big teen, old teen. Ovaltine. My big teen has the same thing. Why do you call it Ovaltine? I don't know. Circle the jar's teen. round. Circle teen. Get the milk and vinegar. Listen, you've obviously never seen that video on YouTube. I have teenagers, so I've seen them all. Mm-hmm. But anyway, when he was going to Europe on that people to people thing, yes. they specifically said one of the things that you cannot do is you cannot mock people's accents. Mm. Like, don't try to talk in their accents. And Max came home the one day and he was like, Mom, I can't help it. Like, what am I going to do? And I was like, you know what, if if it just happens, it happens. They're not going to, like, beat you up in a bar because, well, first of all, you won't be in any bars. But second, (laughs) like... You know what I mean? Like, it, he suffers from the same condition that I do, is what I'm trying to say. So maybe that's why I don't have an accent, because I just do everybody else's. Oh, that could be. That could be. It's weird. I'm neutral. Don't you wonder what you would really sound like if you weren't being everyone else? Yeah, I would speak American-ish, <laughs> like the oh, yeah. girl in that video. Did you see no. her? No. We don't need... Alaskan-ish, and we don't need Hawaiian-ish. Everybody just needs to speak American-ish. Oh, that's interesting. She goes, even in Britain, they speak American-ish, but with an accent. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that she is not the future of America. Oh, well, Unfortunately. But if she is, at least she'll speak American-ish. That's right. That's yeah. right. Hey, so. before before we get too into the thick of this, I need to give a shout-out to my baby twin grandbabies, who are one today. Yay! Go Bryson and Layton! Oh Good job getting to be one. Good job on getting to be one, guys! <laughs> Woohoo! That's yeah. awesome! <laughs> Wow, are they like, are they walking? Not yet, almost. almost. They're so cute. One boy, one girl. Aww. Had their party cool. over the weekend. Was it crazy? Yes. Yeah. They got their, own, their own little cakes, and they went a little nuts with that. Yeah, they were probably falling all over the place. <laughs> like fools. Yeah. Just eating bad they were food. sugar drunk. Were they sugar drunk? Yes. My kid, you know, here's the thing about us crunchy parents and grandparents, the new wave. Mm-hmm. We're the ones who don't believe that you give kids sugar before they're, you know, like 12. Right. Right. So then the, the babies, the babies, I sound Brazilian. The babies go to their first birthday party and you give them a whole cake. Mm-hmm. Here, dig in. Th- what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so true. 
Oy vey. My babies were sick for days. Mm. Oh, oh, Lord. I couldn't even stand them. I was like, <laughs> if this is what one looks like, I don't want to have nothing to do with two or three. <laughs> and then it hit me, you know, like a sugar wafer to the head. Ah, this is the problem. Perhaps I should not have filled them with icing right. and, and sugary dough. So, yeah, that was kind of funny. I, I love those videos, though. Did they get they did they like dive in face first? No, they were just doing it with their hands. Really, they didn't get too bad. So but then, then you know, trying to put it into their mouth got it all over their face Aww. and in their hair. You know, with that that shortening, fatty frosting all in your hair. That's Ew. fantastic. <laughs> That's what you need, dogs. So true. They'll just lick you. <laughs> Yeah. I, th- I think I have a suggestion for parents. Use whipped cream frosting. Oh, that's or, a really good idea. Well, yeah. what, then you got the lactose intolerance thing. Mm. Maybe you just a win. little frosting or none at all. Can't win, Kelly. I know. Maybe they'll come out with some kind of a vegetable product frosting <laughs> that we can all be happy with. <laughs> it's made from green beans. Good for you. <laughs> And I'm not eating it. No. No. It's carrots. I have to tell you, I'm rotting out my cousin right now. My cousin was, her babies always had like that, uh, like that Donald Trump orange glow. Okay. Right. Right? And we were like, what the hell? Here they had keratin, keratinosis, keratinitis, keratin something. Uh They, she, all she, the only vegetables they would eat was carrots and sweet potatoes. Mm -hmm. So that's all she gave them. (laughs) Well, mine had that for a while, and I didn't know why. But she ate other things, but mostly just that she really loved the carrots and the sweet carrots potatoes. Carrots and sweet potatoes. That's yes. funny, Kelly. You had a little Oompa Loompa baby. I know, I know. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so, Parent Nation, if you're new to this whole thing and you're only giving your babies carrots and sweet potatoes and you're wondering why they look like Donald Trump, that's why. <laughs> it's the carrots and the sweet potatoes. Hi. So. Okay, this is funny. Did you see the thing in the UK that the principals of the school sent out the letter to the parents telling the moms that they're not allowed to come to school dressed in pajamas anymore? Ah, no. Mamas in pajamas. Oh, man. I've seen that. I mean, do you ever do, you ever do that? Dro- take my kids to school in my pajamas? Well, well, dropping them off is one thing, but walking into the office is a different thing. Right? And here's the thing. Like, if I... That's why I get pissed off when my kids are late. Because I'm like, they're, now I have to literally get out of my car. And there's a certain there's a certain rule that goes along with actually walking into the office and, and letting people know that you're my child. Mm-hmm. You know? I have to be in clothing. Like, I, have, I can't look like I spend all day like this. Right. Although I do. I I do. I've got I've got leggings on. Uh, what are they? Jank jankings. What are they called? Jeggings. Jeggings. I've got jeggings on. So they're they're kind of jeans and they're kind of leggings. Right. They're but very deceiving. They're very but they're very comfortable because mm-hmm. I I've, I've just started my diet. Nice. So it's like wearing it's like wearing maternity pants after you have your baby. Oh yeah. Oh, that's comfy. That's comfy stuff, there, right? <laughs> See, that's what my jeggings are right now. And, um, yeah, and a hoodie. So that's become my uniform. 
And I, but I don't even know that I could wear this to drop my kids off. Like I'm that self-conscious. Are you self-conscious? Oh, I am a little bit. Um, but I just throw some clothes on, some jeans and a t-shirt and comb my hair and I run just, just to drop them. I don't ever have to go into the office. So really why? Well, if I do, I, I get a little bit more dressed up, but if, if they're late, they can just go into the office and check themselves in, which is ah. I think it's kind of strange, but... Nope. The beauty of high school, Kelly. Yeah, that's true. Accountability 101. It, right. And if they're late, I've caught, if she's going to be late, I'll call in so they know, and then she just checks herself in. But oh, that's like rare. It. Yeah. I like it. I don't like... I, I think it's time to get rid of the whole people of Walmart fashion. Oh, yes concepts i i think it's done now it's over it's had its day we've proven kind of like donald trump we've proven its ridiculousness and mm -hmm. now it's time to let it go yes and out here in arizona they it's way more relaxed i think than than east coasters so you see some really real i mean slipper fuzzy slippers uh, pajama pants and and uh, hoodies a lot Especially in the evening, the cool evenings here. You don't have cool the kids, evenings the there, Kelly. Yes, we do. <laughs> you don't even know what a cool evening is. What is a cool evening? Like, oh, 75? Uh, no. It what? gets a little chillier in the night. Okay, give us an example, Kelly. Well, it's, it's kind of cold when it's in the 40s. Oh, shut up. <laughs> we it's it's in the 40s during the day right now and it's a mm -hmm. hot snap and everybody's screaming global warming and we're all wearing t-shirts it's a hot snap <laughs> it's the ice princess yeah yeah it's supposed to go up to 60 tomorrow Ooh. and everybody's freaking the hell out they're like oh my god the penguins are all gonna die <laughs> is all your snow gone not yet well, oh. no we had like four thousand feet of it so is it just like snurt, like the snow and the dirt now? It's snurt. It is absolutely snurt. I'm looking <laughs> at a pile of snurt right now with some dirt on it. Because <laughs> my dogs can walk on top of it now because it's got a nice crust on it. Remember? We were oh, talking yeah. about the magic shell. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now it's it's shirt and snurt with a magic shell on it. Oh, that sounds yeah. appetizing. It's not, and it's no fun for sledding at all whatsoever, because this is the kind of stuff that once you break through, it slices your face open and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and that is the biggest debate right now going on in Pennsylvania. Well, in, the eastern, in the eastern areas that aren't uh -huh. Florida. Like, do you let your kids sled in the, by themselves? Oh. Like, the Today Show dedicated a whole segment to it. Like, is it really that important? Seriously? We can't let our kids sled by themselves. I kicked my kids out of the house for the entire day. And if I texted them and they could text back a letter, I knew their fingers weren't frozen, so I was good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, put the phone back in the bag. Just send me a letter. <laughs> <laughs> the phone bag. Right? The Ziploc bag for the phone. Right. Well, they have those texting gloves now. You should get them some of those texting gloves. Are you silly? How no. silly are you? No, no, no. If you're going to be texting me while you're supposed to be outside playing, I want your fingers to freeze. <laughs> Put that damn phone away. <laughs> Go have fun like normal children used to with brain cells and shit. Mm -hmm. 
It's crazy. I can't even take it anymore. Well, that's the the thing. Okay, do you want an idea of how insane it is, Kelly? Yes. One of our breaking news stories from last week from the city of Reading was Mm -hmm. a group of high school students who got together to shovel. (laughs) (laughs) What did they shovel? The sidewalks. They helped old people shovel their cars out. Oh, well, that was Back nice. in the day, that was called a job. Right. And we all fought to do it. We would <laughs> literally fight each other. There were bullies back then, too. Guess what, Parent Nation? Millennial Parent Nation? We had bullies, too. Back mm-hmm. in the 70s and 80s, they existed. We just didn't text all their videos to each other so that we knew who they were. But seriously, like, if you tried to come up on somebody's neighbor's sidewalk, and it was your territory, you were going to get a shovel in the head. Oh, wow. I mean, that was serious money. You were going to get like three bucks for shoveling that old lady's sidewalk. And then you could go up to the corner grocery store and buy yourself a pack of cigarettes. Oh. <laughs> I love how everybody's like, kids today are so horrible. No, not compared to us. <laughs> no, they're not. They're lazy and they're, they're disinterested, but they're not horrible. They're not horrible crazy i had so many things i wanted to talk about oh that kid who who his dad robbed the old lady and so the kid and then the dad gave the kid the money for a trip and the kid found the old lady because his dad he knew his dad was a douchebag so he Mm. found he found out who the old lady was and gave her the money back oh that's nice yep and you know what his quote was what we aren't our parents Ooh. Right? We don't have to be our parents. We can be whoever we want to be, and I love that. And that goes along with our first guest with... Mr. Rick Clemens. Absolutely. Everyone has their own uniqueness. I love that. I can't wait to talk to Rick about that. He's uh, he's going to be talking to us about his books and how to be confident and be unique and be you. I love that. And then our second part of Dad Day... We're going to be talking to Ken Hayes about his book, Drive Me to Think, which I think is also really cool because studies show that kids talk to us more, will talk to us more when they don't have to look us in the eye. Did you know that? Yeah. So that's why it's great to talk to them when you're driving. Awesome. And we're going to do that when we come back from this, uh, this break. So stay tuned a village to pay the bills in this freaking studio, which is why Tara's taking a cocktail break and we're taking care of business with a word from these sponsors. Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, she'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. 
think engaging in small talk with prospective clients before business negotiations is a good idea? A new study from Nova Consulting Group suggests that it all depends on whether you are male or female. The study found that a little chatter by female professionals before a meeting will generally produce a positive image, but not always positive results. However, male professionals who begin negotiations with a little small talk usually glean favorable returns. This is because there is a preconception that women are already expected to be more communicative than men. And when a man makes small talk, he is perceived as friendlier and likable. But beware that babblery or gossip will only get you into trouble. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to Dad Day. I am so excited for my first guest. I met him at a conference like a bazillion years ago and instantly fell in love with him. He is an awesome person and a kindred spirit because he is all about um, finding and expressing and celebrating our uniqueness, as I like to call unique brilliance. And um, so I am really excited to finally have him on the show. His name is Rick Clemens. And he he loves to say, be confident, be unique, be you. And he knows the work of being confident and unique. He came out at the age of 35 with a wife and two kids. And he works as a life strategist, a podcaster for with the uh, Coming Out Lounge. And he's also a blogger on the Huffington Post, which I've read a bazillion times, and your tango. And uh, he is also the author of Frankly, My Dear, I'm Gay, A Late Bloomer's Guide to Coming Out. So I am so thrilled you're here, Rick. How are you? Hello. It's been way too long. Way too long. It has. My gosh. Hi, Rick. Hey, how are you? (laughs) Wonderful. Awesome. Good to have you here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this all week. Yay! Us too. So there's a lot of... um, there's a lot of stories about uniqueness that are that are going around right now. Um, yep. You know, there's, well, just too many to count. But um, one of the big things that we're dealing with, I think, right now is authenticity in our yep. uniqueness. Yep. And trying to, uh, do you find it really hard? I know I'm going to take this to a really weird place, and I don't know why my brain is going there. But anyway, do you find it really hard to talk to kids about politics because there's no transparency? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was interesting as everything was happening yesterday in Iowa and everything. I'm sitting here going, now, how would I explain this to my kids? Now, of course, my kids are older, so I'm not having to do a whole lot of explaining. But I'm thinking, if I had young ones, how would I really explain what's going on here? Because... There's nothing being said by anybody. And yeah. I mean, I have my favorites, but right. even by my favorites, I'm like, they're not saying anything that says, okay, this is exactly what's going to happen. This is how I am. This is who I am because nobody's being transparent. Yeah. And it drives like, me nuts. 
It does. It drives me nuts, too. I can't even take it. And I think that the younger generation is really um, rallying towards, and I'm, I'm not picking anybody in particular at, for my side. I'm just saying, as a matter of fact, the young people that I'm talking to are really rallying for Bernie Sanders because he's the only one who's not talking shit on people. Absolutely. Now, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say who I'm for or against, but what I'm going to say is to this point of being unique, I have to say, Bernie... And oh, I can't believe I'm actually going to say this. Bernie <laughs> and Trump are actually totally stepping into their uniqueness as candidates because they're kind of flying the finger at everybody going, I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to be who I want to be. I'm not saying either one of them are being 100 percent transparent because when you look at them both really closely, they're not coming straight out. They're not coming out, so to speak. And saying, right. <laughs> OK, here's what I really freaking stand for, you know. Right. But to that other side of the coin when we're talking to our kids about being unique. You're not different. You're unique. I want to get that out of the way right now. You are unique. Each one of us is. So when it comes to that uniqueness, I have to say I'm handing some kudos to both Trump and to Bernie because they're being unique in the way they're doing their campaigns. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And I think that's why even though we may not always agree on them and, and the things that they say, uh-huh. they do they do command a certain level of respect for having that I don't give a shit what you think attitude. Exactly. I love up. what you just said because it is about having a level of respect. We are all different. We are all unique. Yep. When we can respect that piece, then everything is so much easier to get through. It's so true. So why do we spend so much time teaching our kids that it's easier to be like everybody else? Because none of us likes conflict. None of us likes being the, re, the kid or the person or the human or the podcast host or the radio show host that nobody likes. We all want to be liked. When in reality, I believe, if we're just ourselves... We're going to find our, our, our unique circle of peeps. We're going to find our inner circle who goes, ooh, I really like Tara. Ooh, I really like Rick because this is what they stand for. But for whatever reason, and I'm going to raise my hand high right now. If you could see me, you'd see my hand raised high. <laughs> I, I I'm the first that says, damn, I wish people would really embrace me on this. But then when I really walk away from that BS and go, man, I just want those who really want to embrace me to embrace me. And come be part of my crowd. Yeah. It becomes so much easier. Now, that's really hard to teach our three, four, five, eight, ten. And then once you get to the tween years and the teen years, it's really hard to teach that to our kids. But I just keep bringing it home. And even now that I've got a almost 21-year-old, ah! <laughs> it's like, okay, so I've always thought about, wow, that day I get to go drink with her. And now that's like, it's almost here. It's like, hmm, do I really want to do that? But <laughs> and now that I have an almost 21-year-old and I do have a 17-year-old, I don't know that there isn't a conversation that goes by that in some way I'm still kind of prodding them along to just be who they are. Yeah, it's true. They want to fit in. You know, we tell they them. They do. You, you have to fit in with your boss. You have to get along with people at work. That's why we don't allow kids to argue or disagree with us. Right. You know, one of these days you're going to have a boss or you're going to have coworkers that you don't like and you're going to have to get along with them. But in isn't that words, such BS? It's it like, is. I mean, yes, you, yes, getting along is kind of what makes the world go round, so to speak. But getting along can actually say, well, 
but but I have a different perspective or I have a different idea or I have a different opinion. Right. And when we can embrace that, it really makes things much more interesting and a whole hell of a lot. I think it's a whole hell of a lot easier. Some people would totally disagree with that statement. But man, when we just kind of go, okay, yeah. Okay. That's the way Tara sees it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good doesn't mean I have to hop in bed with her. doesn't mean I have to go rally behind her in her belief system or her church or whatever, her politics. It's like, okay, that's, that's her. It doesn't work for me. In fact, I'm reading Shonda Rhimes' book, A Year of Saying Yes, right now. And she was interviewed on Oprah not long ago on um, Super oh, yeah. Soul Sunday. And when she said she made one state, well, she made lots of statements in that show. But when she said, this year, one of the things I'm learning to say is that doesn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's so much better than saying no. <laughs> right? That just doesn't work for me. It's, it's so, so funny. powerful. Yeah, it's super powerful. And, but, and here's the thing that's really powerful about it, Rick, is we're coming off of an entire mind shift where we were telling women that no is a complete sentence. Mm-hmm. I can't stand. It. In fact, I'm I'm starting to really reach out to the women entrepreneurs and the women's conferences because I want to talk to them about this piece of being confident to be uniquely who you are and flying the finger at everybody that says, "Oh no, you're supposed to do it this way." No, even right? even Hillary Clinton is kind of flying her finger right now, saying, "No, I'm doing it this way, and I'm going to fight like hell to get where I want to go." And I I think that energy and that power and that beautiful way of stepping into your full purpose is. I'd love to, I would love to run classes right now in, you know, middle school and high school to teach kids how to do this. Oh, there's so much that, that, but there's so many mixed messages going on. I mean, okay, here's a perfect example. I just watched the clip of Steve Harvey. Sexting is a horrible, horrible thing that we're dealing with right now. And it's all because of what you just said. We want to be liked. We want to be, you know, we want people's attention. We want them to gravitate towards us. We want them to want to spend time with us, blah, 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 whatever. Um, So sexting is a huge problem with our teenagers. But here's what I don't like. Steve Harvey sat on stage with a a young woman and told her that the boys that were accepting her texts, her her sex things, were nothing. They were a piece of crap. Nobody, they, you know, they're not worth a damn were his actual words. And I thought, and then he turned around and said, look at you, you're so pretty. And I thought, wait a minute, Steve. Mm-hmm. How how are you going to sit there and say that somebody's son isn't worth a damn? And that's the message that you're sending to this girl about how how to make herself feel more empowered right. when we're you know what I mean? When we're devaluing an entire gender to make another gender feel more empowered, how can we feel like we're doing something right? But I think you just hit on it, Tara. It's. What he missed, and I didn't see this clip, but I'm glad you brought this up because I think what he missed, based on what you just shared, is both sides of the coin are devaluing their own value of themselves. Yes. It's not just the guy. It's not just the girl. When this happens, and I trust me, it's not just teens because I deal with this when I work with my gay men who are like, I can't find a guy and everything. Well, where are you trying to find? Oh, on Grindr, Scruff, you know, you know, mm-hmm. Tinder. Where It's like, 
And what is the first thing you're usually talking about when you're talking? And well, I try to talk about, you know, relationships. I'm like, you don't find a freaking relationship <laughs> on those places. Trust me, I know this. I, I swear <laughs> I know this to be true. It's there for the hookup. And so we yeah. all, if we get involved in those arenas, we devalue ourselves unless we, unless, and here's my little caveat to that, unless you go into those spaces knowing this is exactly why I'm here. If yeah. this is how you, you're going to go in, fine. But to our teens and our kids, it's so important to start to say, okay, I realize you're living in a digital age. <laughs> there is no going back. I mean, well, I guess the only way to go back is if everything just crashed and nobody could get it up again. Yeah. No, no pun intended <laughs> there. But, um, but, you know, they're dealing with this. So let's step in and let's start to talk about them about, okay, so I know you want to be accepted. And I know you want to be embraced and I know you want to be loved, liked, whatever it may be. But all it takes is that one time, and we've seen this numerous times already, that one time that you sexed out something and that becomes the thing that just rages through the entire school. Your reputation has been damaged for a good long time. Yeah, forever. Yes, because I think the thing that a lot of kids don't get that we adults hopefully get, even though sometimes I'm not sure we do even, yeah. is the Internet is forever, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> there is no getting rid of it, so to speak. So I think it's really important to help our kids start to wrap their heads and their hearts and their minds around this stuff. And, That's you know, so when true. it comes to the teens, um, I don't do a lot of work with them. But I've done enough being a mentor and stuff at some centers and stuff when it comes to the teens that are struggling with the gay, the lesbian, the bisexual, the transgender, the gender queer, all that sort of stuff. The first place they try to go is to the digital realm because that's where they feel like they can be accepted. And I'm all for that because there's some beautiful, beautiful online resources. I mean, Glisten and Glad and, you know, it gets better and, you know, the Matthew Shepard Foundation, things such as that. But sometimes I think they get distracted by, oh, let's go over here because this is instant gratification moment. Right. Complete instant gratification. And that's a tough road for a parent to learn to navigate without stepping over boundaries, which I'm not sure we can ever really step over too many boundaries as a parent. But right. standing beside our kids and saying, okay, I understand this is where you think you're going to find whatever it is you need. Acceptance, you know, being liked, being loved. But let me tell you a little bit about the other side of this coin. And I think it's it's just we've got to learn to start having these kind of conversations with kids. Otherwise, they won't, kind of going back to where we started, they won't learn to embrace their uniqueness right? and, and, and work their quirk is what I like to say. I always tell people, I want you to work in that quirk, God dang it. I want you to go out there and just make your quirk the greatest thing in the world. If they and don't other quirky people will gravitate towards your quirk. Exactly. And it, it sometimes it's a, not even a quirk. Sometimes it's something really cool that for whatever reason, somebody once said to you, oh, that's so weird. Or the favorite, oh, that's so gay. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, whoosh, I can't be that. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, my little guy, my little teen with his head full of ridiculous curls like it, his head looks like a Brillo pad. Uh -huh. And I mean, it, it used to be the thing that made him different. And now it's the thing that everybody loves about him and knows about him. Mm -hmm. And you are know. you a, are you, a, do you watch the voice? 
Do you ever yes. watch? Okay, do you, this season, do you remember the little curly-headed kid, that kind of the kind of the geeky-looking kid who had curly hair, and he was on Gwen's team, and then suddenly uh, it was probably he was already into the fin- finals. We were like in the top ten or something, and the next time he came out, she had straightened his curls. I'm like. Why did you do that? Yeah. Why? Okay. Yes, he's a good-looking kid, even with the curl. But that was his kind of his. That was kind of him, and it was yeah. so funny because he'd come out, he'd do his performance, and then the next week, while they're you know rehearsing and all this stuff, the curls are back, and then she'd do the straight hair thing again. It's like, okay, I get it, Gwen. You you got the style going, girl, and all this stuff. But you know, let the kid be the kid. Just yes. let it be. And and here's the thing, Rick. When they're going to other places. To get that acceptance, yep. the best thing, and I and I know that this is what you advocate for too, and the and what Gwen could have done to make to empower her contestant even more is to accept the brilliance and show it to him. Yeah, yeah. You be the one good. to show him. He exactly. did do pretty good. He did do pretty good. You know, but my son was like, "Hey, that looks like me," and then it didn't look like him anymore. Exactly. You and know, I think sometimes that's where we the conformity. You know, one of the things I I say in the work I'm doing around this confidence and uniqueness piece is sameness be damned. It's yep. got to be damned. I mean, there's a place for it, okay? I'm not saying, you know, let's fly the finger at everything that, you know, comes along. But there's a place for being the same and doing things because sometimes that is what makes things happen. That's how we pay bills and, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you do these structured things. But, man. Yeah, but there's, there's a difference so between... Structure and brilliance, unique brilliance, right, Rick? Oh, my gosh. I am so glad that we got to have you on the show today. I am, too. And I want everybody to check you out on the Coming Out Lounge on your show and on Huffington Post. And check out your book, Frankly, My Dear, I'm Gay, a late boomer's guy coming out. It's coming out in, like, just a few weeks. So I'm just totally stoked. So thank you so much, Rick. I'm so glad that you joined us today. All right. Have a great day. You, too. Bye-bye. And then we'll be right back with more Parenting with a Twist. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Golf is a good way to supplement your fitness program, but watch out for golf injuries. The most common occur in the low back, elbows, shoulders, hands, and wrists, and are defined as either cumulative from overuse or acute traumatic injuries. The impact and stress of the repetitive motion of the swing is sometimes hard on the muscles and joints. The Mayo Clinic says it's important to consider ways to reduce your risk of golf injuries. They recommend that you warm up first. Be sure to start slowly, work up to your desired level of play. 
strengthen your muscles to protect your joints and reduce your risk of injury and build up your endurance. Focus on flexibility and keep your muscles pliable, strong, and flexible. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy-Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? (laughs) It's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy-Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to the show. I am, uh, we're, we're having a little bit of a technical difficulties getting our next guest on, but we're going to work it out, right, Kelly? We are working it out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Our next guest is, uh, he is the author of a book called Drive Me to Think, and he's going to be uh, talking with us about how our driving time can be can be a time of reflection and it can also be a time of switching. I, I like calling, I, I say flipping the switch from negative to positive thoughts to, to help us in life and um, to keep us safer. So anyway, thank you for joining us today, Ken. How are you? Do we got I'm you? I'm doing great. Thanks so, much. Thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I got your book And at first I was like, is this a book about how to talk to ourselves, how to be safer drivers? And then I realized that it's a book about how to change our own thought processes while we're kind of alone in our car, which is an interesting concept. Is that? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, It is. It's, it's a lot about, um, one, preparing yourself for the inevitable snub on the road or snubs if you drive in uh, the New York metro area. Uh, um, <laughs> but more so, it's, it's about saying, hey, the next thing that happens to me, I am prepared to fully forgive, and I'm going to use it as a reminder to stay focusing on the positive, stay focusing on the manifesting of the... Well, I got to tell you, it's um, the things I want to do, be and have in my life. So it's kind of like um, it's kind of like the secret on the road. That's kind of funny because I've I've I lived in New Jersey for quite a while. And I learned a lot of really great, colorful phrases, phrases while I lived there. And people who drive in New Jersey are like they'll make you crazy. So I don't like for me, I think that completely changed the way I see like I don't even enjoy driving anymore because of and also driving in D.C., I have to admit. So like what you're saying is when that woman when you're in those two lanes of traffic and that that arrow is pointing that says you have to merge, but nobody will freaking let you in. And then that person tries like, how am I how do I change that into a positive thought process? (laughs) <laughs> and you're right, and it's funny. I'm, I'm giggling as you're as you're speaking because that that is what I and I speak to a lot of people on this subject. That's what a lot of people tell me is, what do I just bury this? Do I bury this when when someone is just outrightly rude and not following 
following the one goes, one yields, one goes, one yields rule? Do I just let that go and bury it deep inside? So you know, the, the answer is no, you don't, you don't bury it deep inside, but you do let it go. You do fully forgive that person and whatever they're going through and whatever they haven't learned about, you know, decency and rules of the road and you bless them. And again, you use it as a reminder to focus in again on the things you want to do, be and have in your life. And the beauty of it is, is that when you let it go, you'll. I have to admit that. I mean, that's happened to me sometimes before where it was like I was bitching about being in traffic. And then when I got up to the source of the congestion and realized that it was a car accident, I felt really crappy about all of the terrible things that I was thinking before when I was stuck in that traffic. Um, So it was kind of a moment of reflection for me. But you're you talk about it in like as a as a process like not just like a realization in the moment, like, oh shit, you know, I'm at least I'm in my car and not on my way to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Did we lose you? Darn it. We you have know, a that, that is a way that is a, a, a one way of coping is, is, So we're going to try to get you on a different uh, outlet here, Ken, because you keep dropping out on us. Um, But one of the things that I really want to discuss, the thing that I thought was really interesting about this, too, was um, some studies that I have read that kids will talk to you better when they're not eye to eye or looking you in the eye. And I thought, what an awesome opportunity to take this process and incorporate it into our parenting and um, use this time as conversation with our kids. Do you ever, have you found that to be effective as well? Well, yes. In fact, you know, you think about how we drive and that our kids from the age of two, three, soccer practice and otherwise are kind of seeing what we do say and how fully we stop and everything else when we're driving. And we are basically, without knowing it, kind of teaching them about ourselves, one, which is maybe the scariest part, but also about driving in general. So do we see the, um, uh, do we look at our phone? You know, do we say, oh, what a jerk, you know, to someone, you know, driving? Um, and, and those examples kind of carry through. So, yeah, we are bringing up kids as we drive. And to the extent that we can say, um, hey, well, look, you know, we just jammed on the brakes because someone maybe cut us off and didn't even wave. We can say that person must be in a rush. Let's just wish them, you know, uh, uh, safety as they go on their rush because I've been in a rush too, kids. And those things are so much better than the cursing and the getting in a minor road rage and tailgating and having to slam on your brakes again. And, you know, in spiritual terms, it frees, it frees us both from the judgment and the condemnation of, of, you know, taking the other tact. One thing that I am really guilty of is I'm, I'm a very emotive person and I'm, it's, uh, I, I vocalize things a lot. And so I'm one of those people that I will talk out loud and whatever's in my head usually comes out of my mouth. So <laughs> That's a that's a very difficult process for me 
Like, do yeah. you have things that you recommend people say or that they practice, like certain phrases or because that usually helps people like me? Yeah, I, well, I think you said the key word, which is practice and preparation. So if before you started driving with whomever in the car, you said, I am going to be completely and totally aware and expecting the things that normally tick me off and make me speak right, you know, from off the top of my head. I'm going to be poised and look forward to those opportunities to forgive and transform them right before my eyes and whoever else is in the car with me. And what I will vocalize will be positive blessings and things and will turn it into a little lesson. I think driving is one of the best opportunities to practice spiritual tenets because so many of us seem to transform and seem to want to fight for 10, 20 feet of space on the road. And when we realize that and we shine a light on it, it is just like uh, shining a light on how we act or react in our relationships and at work and everything else. It takes it takes a, a trip from the semi-consciousness, which will have you speaking whatever comes to your mind, into a, a bit of a higher consciousness or self-awareness where I am going to be poised take a divine little pause and think about what I'm saying, thinking, and feeling. And what's going to then happen is what's happening or being enunciated on the outside will actually change what's on the inside. So it's a little reversal there. It's so true. And I have to tell you, the ultimate um, reflection of you as a parent and a driver is when you start teaching your teenage child how to drive. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got lost one, one time we were, I was teaching him to drive and we went in some back roads and he got lost and I could see him wanting to grab for his phone. I could see him wanting, he was getting panicky. He didn't know where he was. He needed to figure out where he was right away. And I was like, okay, listen, we have a, we have a tank full of gas. We have nowhere to be. This is, this is good. We're just, we're finding new spaces. We're seeing new things. This is okay. But I mean, I saw myself in him in that moment because I tend to overreact. Like if, if something's out of place or if I feel like I'm rushed, I get, I get all nervous and crazy and I want to look it up and I want to go on MapQuest and I want to find my way. And it was like, I was almost coaching myself, you know? It was bizarre. Yeah. And, and I must say, Tara, I'm very proud of you because that is the exact kind of pause and kind of a reset. And, and let's get our perspective a little clearer here. It's not like we're going to run out of gas and we're in negative 20-degree weather and we're in a, a serious issue here. In fact, when you, when you think about it, almost anything, yeah, we're going to be late to a big tournament soccer game because we're lost somewhere in Pennsylvania, which has happened but then, you know, that can be put into perspective, too. There's, there's not a life and death thing going on here. We are here and happy and healthy. And so the comparison thing can often reset things back to, you know, a, a, a perspective that is, um, you know, conducive to getting back on the right track and not looking at your phone ever while your car is moving, those types of things. So um, good job by you, and, and, and I'm hoping and I'm guessing that you're, 
teenage boy learned a bit of poise there, which is great. <laughs> he did. He did. He calms me down now. He's the, when we're trying to rush him out the door in the morning, that's one of my big things is I refuse to rush him out the door in the morning because I don't want him to have a rushing mindset when he gets behind the wheel of the car. That's a great thought. And, and right. And the more you can do that, just, you know, remind of time. Let's, you know, let's be conscious of the time and what's going on, but not get in anyone into that anxious state where, um, you know, decision making then becomes rushed and some of those semi-conscious types of things start to, you know, come out of our mouths or get into our thought process. And, uh, yeah, get out the door in a, uh, you know, the best you can, but without being um, feeling rushed. And, and, and when you say that, uh Tara getting him behind the wheel in that rush thing, that, that is, it's a recipe for disaster. And, and in the book, we go through a, a five commitments. In fact, that basically just go through the things of forgiveness and the theory of waving when we maybe do something wrong or not and the miracle of, of, of waving and how that just totally gets rid of any kind of road rage thing whenever you do that. Um, and, and just taking a second while starting the car to remember those commitments that's kind of, it ties well into what you're saying, which is getting him out there behind the wheel in a non-anxious state. And if you had a couple of commitments around that and around the book and around these spiritual tenets and around, hey, you know what, I'm going to convert this time into what might have or used to have bothered me or gotten me anxious, I'm going to use it as law of attraction time. It's a, it's, it's a kind of thing where we're not burying those emotions. We are converting them. We are, we are transmuting them from the negative to the positive. I love that. You talk about a, a trinity of forgiveness. Does that have anything to do with what you were just discussing? Yeah, 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 it does. In fact, it's a, it's a great little segue because basically anything that comes up, the, the, the preparation for it, and again, every, anything we practice while behind the wheel becomes much easier in life. So the trinity of forgiveness is, is very basic, um, <laughs> but yeah. it starts out with when something bad happens to you or the perception is someone just did something to me while I'm driving, the very first question, and, and if this is an instant response, it's so powerful, um, driving and in life, again, is that uh, just ask yourself, have I ever, and ever is in all caps, done that myself before? Have mm -hmm. I done that exact same thing ever in my life? So the answer is often, oh, you know what? I was rushing to the airport that one time, and I remember not letting that person merge when they were supposed to. I had to kind of be in front of them, and, and uh, you know, off I went, and I kind of tried to just ignore it and bury it and keep going and get as much, just, as much right? distance as possible, right? So, so ever, and then, so then you might, the answer might be, well, yeah, you know, I did that when I was much younger. I don't drive like that now. That guy's going to kill someone. Oh, but you did that much when you were much younger. Would you have wanted the same forgiveness, right? So it, it, from my talks, the, that question dispels about 90% of things where you say, mm, you know what, I have done that before. Yes, I was younger or, you know, yes, I was in a major rush. But if I've done that before, how can I cast a stone, right? So then let's say it's something really egregious and you have really truly never done that before. Or you just might be one of these very calm drivers. So then the, the second step in the Trinity is, is there someone in my life who I love very much who drives like that, either the maniac or the very slow and doesn't care about who wants to pass him or her. So right. generally, mom is the one in my life who is the slow one and is a little bit uh, absent-minded, and I have a cousin who's a, a maniac. I love them both. Would I afford them a little forgiveness and a little room? You know, yes. So then what is it about the human nature that, 
that says I have to know someone in order to, you know, kind of give them a pass or, or really stay in my own peaceful zone, right? Right. So, and then the third one is is a little deeper and a little more, and it's basically that all of life is a uh, an opportunity to um, to simply transcend. Uh, the challenge before us. So, so it's not real. There's a, a bunch of spiritual texts out there that talk about the non-reality of physical life and that it's all about the spiritual or simply how are you feeling right now? What, what, what are you committed to feeling right now? Are you committed to staying in joy and peace? Then great. Then the answers are pretty obvious if you are. And if, you know, if you're not, if you allow yourself to be drawn into something else, then that's when life starts to get dicey. So it's often a, so much an easier uh, decision than we, than we make it out to be because we feel like we have to let that person know they just wronged us. And, and we don't. And that'll keep you out of road rage. And it'll keep everyone safe. So. Oh, that, and like you said, for driving end in life, because I'll tell you what, that is one of the best parenting models I've heard in quite a while. You know, have I ever done something like this myself? You know, has someone I love ever done something like this? And am I willing to forgive them? So yeah. it's, you know, it's, I would, how would I want to be treated in this same situation? Or how would I treat someone I love? Oh my gosh, I love that so much. I'm really excited about your book, Ken, and I want to make sure everybody gets it. It's called Drive to Think. And drive me to think, I'm sorry. And it's driving time, law of attraction time. And I love this. And I thank you so much for being part of our show today. And Rick Clemens, thank you so much for being part of the show too. Everybody else, join us on Parent Nation or on the Facebook page. And until next week, keep playing. Is this going to shut them up? Connect with Tara online at tarakennedykline.com. Until next time, remember this. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling?